Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. Welcome to Unlocking the Truth podcast. I'm here with Derek K. Mink. Hello, everybody. Guess what? It's Christmas! It's Christmas time, and boy, Christmas has always been an opportunity for me when I was pastoring in a church. I loved the Advent season. Uh, However, I will say it is probably the busiest time Mm -hmm. in the life of the church. Yeah. Yeah. Usually have several several services that you're planning and trying to figure out and choirs and all sorts of extra uh, extra things going on in the church. My favorite was when Christmas Eve was on a Saturday <laughs> and church was on Sunday. Yeah, Christmas yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah, you'd have a late service Saturday night and then you'd be right back Sunday morning. I, I mean, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to cover in the podcast over the next five weeks uh, the road, you know, leading up to Christmas. Yeah. And uh, what do you hope for? in uh, Christmas. Tell me about your house, Derek, and what goes Let on Let me at tell Christmas. you about Christmas in the Kamek household. Um, early on in our marriage, I had to set certain stipulations for my wife when it came to decorating for Christmas. Because my birthday is November 10th, we had to set a rule that you couldn't decorate for Christmas before my birthday, or else it was getting forgotten. <laughs> and so we've it's, it doesn't take long. Once that calendar turns into November from October, um, the Christmas music starts, some things start getting up, but once, once November 11th is done, then it is gung-ho, full out, everything's getting decorated. I mean, we already have had a tree up in the basement for a couple of weeks now, and uh, there will be another one getting put up in the next few weeks upstairs, and um, it's not just her, it's the kids too. They're, they're always looking forward to when Christmas is coming. They love the music. They love decorating, getting things put together and making their, making their wish lists. And uh, so it is, a, it is certainly an event in our household when the Christmas season starts and it seems to start earlier and earlier. Yeah, I'm, we, we love Christmas in our house as well, but I'm sort of getting to that point in my life where uh, do I want to admit this? But I feel like I should be the. I want to be the guy that leaves the tree decorated, <laughs> and you just drag it just out, out of the closet for Christmas. Uh, My kids are getting older now, and they they still love decorating the tree. Yeah, but uh, uh, we haven't even contemplated <laughs> the tree coming out of the depths of the under the stairs kind of thing. But. Uh, I don't know if it's just because of um, the timing mm-hmm. uh, this year with precept and moving yeah, and, for sure. and all of those things. But uh, our family, we, my, my kids uh, are the exact opposite of my sister and I. Yeah. My sister and I were 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. up every yeah. single year. And I got to wake my kids up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one year we spent Christmas... Uh, in Disney World, and we left while well, we left on Boxing Day, yeah. and I even had to wake them up to go to Disney. To World. go to Disney World, <laughs> we live in very different houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but there's something about Christmas that looking forward, mm-hmm. hoping for, um, 
what's going to happen with the anticipation of, you know, celebrating together mm-hmm. and family being together. Uh, what the interesting thing for me is, I always know Christmas season is getting ready when you go to the dollar store. Yeah. <laughs> like the dollar store, it seems to be the first store that has all of the Christmas materials. Yeah. Or the Christmas decorations out. Uh, October 31st, yeah. you know, it's not even the eve of Halloween yet, and they <laughs> are done. switching out, yeah. uh, uh, hopeful of the thing. Retailers mm-hmm. would definitely have a lot of hope for the Christmas season. Uh, I can't remember the statistic. My father-in-law would be able to tell me an exact amount, but uh, the highest percentage of sales uh, in a store happen at Christmas. They bank on Christmas right. to meet their um, yearly sales yeah. quota. There's a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope in the wrong things. Right. A lot of people hoping for things. <laughs> Literally just things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, fact that um, Black Friday mm-hmm. and uh, Cyber Monday, well, today is Cyber Monday. That's right. yeah. Uh, but Black Friday has passed, and that's one thing I watch. I don't know if you watch. I watch the American news channels yeah. on the Friday when um, people are lined up for $200 televisions. Yeah, exactly. I probably break in a year or something, <laughs> yeah. but they fight right, over yeah. those things. We've, we've sort of lost you know, our way mm-hmm. in the Advent season, and that's mm-hmm. really one of the reasons we wanted to dig into Advent over the next five uh, weeks, mm-hmm. five weeks in a row yeah. uh, that we'll have this podcast. So why don't we commit our time to the Lord and we can further talk about hope. Let's pray. God, we do thank you again for this time that we can come through through the computers and through the phones and through the radio to um, to do the podcast that uh, uh, you've equipped us to do. Lord, we pray that uh, as we discuss Advent over the next five weeks that you would bless the time that we've got together, that we would learn uh, a lot about um uh, the different aspects of Advent, Lord. And we pray that um, those who are listening would be encouraged, that they too would be hopeful of the season, Lord. And so we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. And so, Derek, I thought it would be really good um, if we talked about history sure. for a moment and and history of Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we, we've come through a covenant study program. Yeah. We've We've looked at the history of Israel. If you've never studied Covenant, you need to study Covenant. It is a fantastic Absolutely. study. But uh, tell me uh, your knowledge of the history of Israel. Well, what's interesting is um, the patterns that we can see as we look at the history of the nation of Israel. Um, <clears throat> we see a, a covenant entered into between God and Abraham. And a part of that covenant, God um, sort of, unveils and reveals to Abraham the future of his family and of his people. And in it, he tells him about a time when his descendants will be strangers in a strange land, where they will go into slavery and they will be oppressed uh, for 400 years, and then they will be freed, that they will be, they will be saved from, from that oppression. And as we follow this family, um, in the story of, uh, of Joseph, uh, his brothers and his family end up in Egypt, and then uh, we get sort of a, a time lapse that picks up at 
the end of these 400 years when the Israelite people are slaves in Egypt, and we are beginning to see the, the, the fulfillment of that promise of 400 years of oppression and then uh, salvation from it. And we're introduced to Moses, who comes as an um, ambassador from God to free the people from their bondage and, uh, and from their slavery. And so we, we see that uh, God works in covenant. He works by prophesying and by, um, by fulfilling the promises that he makes in faith to his people. It's amazing that um, way back in Genesis, Abraham so desired a descendant, mm-hmm. and, uh, and God points all the way forward mm-hmm. to Jesus yeah. in Genesis and saying that there will be a seed that yeah. will come uh, from their line. And so uh, Jesus, all the way back in Genesis, uh, those first um, discussions of Abraham mm-hmm. that he is pointed to. Um, but the history of Israel is uh, very similar. It's um, promises made, promises yeah. not kept, falling into sin, falling into captivity, mm-hmm. and um, Malachi. You know, I think about Malachi and uh, the priests that were neglecting the house of the Lord. Yeah. And, and really, um, Malachi is the last uh, kind of prophetic message to the, um, to the Israelites specifically to say that, hey, um, you need to get get right with yeah. the Lord, otherwise yeah. face judgment. And then God does not speak for what we would call that intertestamental period, mm-hmm. which is 400 years. Yeah, You know, I, I couldn't imagine uh, not hearing from God mm-hmm. for 400 years. Yeah. It's like when uh, in Exodus, when the uh, they were in captivity in Egypt, yeah. That when the Israelites finally cried out to God, God responded. Mm -hmm. But it was 400 years that they were under the oppression of the Egyptians. They were living the Egyptian life. We've Mm -hmm. seen in the book of Exodus that, my goodness, when they came out, how much they would rather go back into captivity under the Egyptians because they were getting meat, you know. And they were being fed well, and, mm-hmm. and life was comfortable. That's how long they were there in that comfort of not being in the presence of God. And yeah. every time things got rough for them in the desert, they were like, why don't you just send just us back? let us go back, yeah. But here they are, um, not understanding, not paying attention to the message that comes way back in Genesis, mm-hmm. that there is a seed that will come. Yeah. Uh, but 400 years... And God doesn't speak. Yeah, He says not a word uh, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, uh, you know, can you imagine 400 years of the silent treatment? It would, be, it would be difficult, especially as the Israelite people that are his people, that, are, um, that have been used to hearing from their God through, um, through prophecy, through prophets who are, who are explaining to them you know, these are the ways in which you are falling short of your uh, covenant obligations. Uh, here is, you know, remember who God is. Remember what he's done for you. 
um, reminding them about, uh, about God's character. And then it is silent. Yeah. And so here we've got uh, the very fact right now. I wanted to bring about Isaiah mm-hmm. chapter 7. And some of these verses we've heard over and over and over through uh, the Christmas season. And uh, Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says, Therefore uh, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Mm. And uh, so, wait a second. Can you imagine for a moment the Israelites knowing the book of Isaiah? Yeah. And what they're doing is, okay, we got to look for a sign. The yeah. sign will be a virgin who has a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he'll be born, and his name will be Emmanuel. I mean, this is way back in the book of Isaiah. Yeah. Then there's uh, this 400 years of, of silence that comes from, from the Lord. But what do they know and what do they remember? They remember Isaiah 7.14, that there will be a child born. Right. Can we hope for that child? When will that child come? But there's some other verses that further describe um, what... Uh, is about this child in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Let me read that one. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government of or peace, or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on, forevermore. Now, think about this: how what Israel has gone through. They have mm-hmm. gone through uh, Egyptian leadership. Yep. They've gone through Babylonian captivity. They've been ruled by Persian and Medes. You mm-hmm. know, um, but not led by one of their people right. since you know. I, th- I believe I think it's Hezekiah right. yeah. that. Uh, was the final leader before going into captivity. They have not been led by a Jewish by one of government. Yeah. And so the hope, the hope, the hope, the hope is where is this mighty counselor, mm-hmm. wonderful prince of peace? When is he coming? When will he restore the government? When will he bring peace? We want all these yeah. things. And, and yet God is not speaking for 400 years. That's yeah. That's generations of people mm-hmm. that are not hearing from the voice of God. What did it say in, in Micah chapter 5? Uh, in Micah chapter 5, we get a little bit uh, more of a picture of, of who this person is going to be. Um, so Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says, But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be the ruler in Israel, his goings forth from long ago, from the days of eternity. In the prophet Micah, he is pointing us towards this one, this Savior, this Messiah who will be from Bethlehem. So we're, there's more signs, mm-hmm. you know, there's more signs that are coming. One, he's going to be born of a virgin. Mm-hmm. The two, he's going to be from Bethlehem. Three, he's going to be a ruler and mm-hmm. he's going to bring peace. Oh my goodness. Okay, now we know what we're looking for. Yeah. Let's have hope. Okay, so this child, he'll be born in Bethlehem. 
he he'll you know obviously not right away not mm-hmm. coming out of the womb ready to wear a crown and yeah. and be ready to rule but he will rule and he will bring peace you know the governments will rest on his shoulders and uh he will be uh called Emmanuel mm-hmm. from a virgin i mean this is amazing you've got all these signs and so can you imagine the israelites at this time looking and waiting and wanting where is it where mm-hmm. is the bully- where is the uh the child. When is yeah? When is when, this coming? When, when do we is, get it? Yeah. When is he coming? Yeah. And then we get to Luke chapter one, and that's what we wanted to cover. Uh, uh, Luke chapter one, um, and look at after four hundred years, mm. we have uh, this time. It says verse eight. Now it happened while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his. Division According to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside and at the hour of the incense offering. And, and what? what? An angel of the Lord appeared to him. 400 years of nothing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, priestly duties are being taken care of and... An angel of the Lord appears. The and silence the, is broken. The silence is broken, and the message from God is this. Um, standing, he was standing at the right hand of the altar. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Now, the question is before we could go further, why do you think he was afraid? Because he had no idea what he was looking at. He didn't understand what was going on. It had been 400 years since God spoke, and now all of a sudden there's a messenger of God in his presence. I'm going about my daily priestly duties in the temple. I'm making burnt offerings in the incense, and I'm doing everything I possibly need to do, but I am not hearing from God at Mm -hmm. all. And then one day I go in, and I start doing everything I've normally been doing, and an angel of the Lord appears, and he brings uh, the message. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. What? What was heard? Your prayer. Your prayer has been heard. Mm-hmm. Remember way back, we talked about earlier in Exodus, when the Egyptian, uh, the, the Israelites. Israelites prayed, and they said, you know, the burden is so hard. Mm-hmm. They're, tax- they're taxing us even more. They're making us work double. Uh, Lord, hear our cry. In the in the scripture, and I'm paraphrasing, the Lord heard mm-hmm. their cry. Yeah. The same thing here is the prayer was heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. God speaks. God says, a child will be born, and he and his job is to prepare the way for the one that we already looked at in Isaiah mm-hmm. and in Micah. Mm-hmm.
get ready. And he's, he's, he's going to be ushering in. He's, he's beginning this. Malachi ends by saying that um, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers um, so that they will not come and smite the land with a curse. And then he speaks those same words about John, that he is coming in the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back towards the children. Things are being restored. Things are being put back in, in their right place through John. This is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And just six months after God speaks to Zacharias mm-hmm. about Elizabeth and John the Baptist and his birth, he speaks again, mm-hmm. according to Luke. He says in verse 24, uh, sorry, in verse 26, now in the sixth month of the the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be to a man who was name was Joseph, the descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Don't be, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him a throne of his father, David. He will reign over his house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. This is prophecy fulfilled Mm -hmm. from what we saw in the book of Isaiah. And so two times God speaks, and he speaks one about the one who will come and prepare the way, and then he speaks of the Messiah who would come. And so the hope now coming to fruition Mm -hmm. for these people, they would now see uh, Jesus born, Emmanuel, right in front of them, prophecy fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So fantastic. Well, and the, the anticipation that they must have been feeling. My house can't handle a month and a half of anticipation for Christmas. Never mind 400 years of waiting to see the signs. We, we have signs. We see them. We see them in stores. We hear the, the music. The, the snow starts to fall in some places sooner than others. Um, but we begin to see the signs of the Christmas season coming. And this is what's happening here in Luke is those signs that are expected for the coming of the Messiah, that a virgin will give birth. He will come out of Bethlehem. All of these things are now falling into place. They can see them and they can know them. And their anticipation and the hope that they've had for this coming Savior uh, is now actually happening. I think about, you know, and we're going to cover this at Easter. Mm -hmm. We're also going to do an Easter podcast, which is, the road to the cross, mm-hmm. which we'll talk more about Jesus as an adult. Yeah. And, but I think about Palm Sunday, you know, and I spent time in Israel on Palm Sunday mm-hmm. one year and unbelievable to walk the road that Jesus, you know, entered into Jerusalem on, take it from the very top by the Mount of Olives and walk down the street and right into the city and down the Via Della Rosa mm-hmm. and, and to uh, basically where Golgotha, where they believe 
uh, Jesus was crucified. But to see the celebration that happens and think yeah. about back in the scriptures when Palm Sunday was there, they were laying things at Jesus' feet. They were giving him the royal treatment mm -hmm. that, you know, normally uh, a king would enter into Jerusalem on a horse right. as a mighty conqueror, but he entered in as a, on a donkey as a humble servant mm -hmm. and about to take on what God had called him to do. But the the people, why were they worshiping? Because they believed that he was the king who was going to bring peace. They were, mm -hmm. they were hopeful of this. They were watching for this. They were waiting for this. Yeah. And now it's coming to fruition. And, and uh, I was reading this book just talking about um, Christmas. And if you have never uh, had this book, it's called Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And it's 22 different stories from 22 different, uh, basically 22 different sermons all about Advent. And Martin Luther was talking about just the fact of um, how exciting it was for a virgin to mm -hmm. to conceive a child. And he wrote about um, the virgin birth, and he said, the virgin birth is mere trifle for God. That God should become man is a greater miracle. Mm -hmm. And to think about that very fact that we'll come back to this as we go, but the fact that, wait a second, this prophetic discussion mm -hmm. that happened back in Isaiah the hope of a coming savior came to fruition in this very moment in Luke chapter one, when it was prophesied that Mary would have a baby mm -hmm. born of a virgin. Um, but that's not the big deal. Mm -hmm. The big deal is the fact that God became yeah. man. Yeah. How exciting is that? Mm -hmm. So now as we, we almost have to wrap up soon, but we're on this side of the cross mm -hmm. and uh, Christmas <clears throat> We can be drawn into the very fact that since the birth already occurred, we can't drum up the same excitement and hope and joy front like the Israelites mm -hmm. would have had from from the prophecies, because the prophecies have been fulfilled. Yeah. So how do we uh, find hope? Mm -hmm. How do we have hope? And where can we find hope? in this Christmas yeah. season. We, we can look back. We can look back and see that um, the hope that they had in, the, in their salvation, they, they might not have completely understood um, what Jesus was coming to do, um, but the hope of our salvation is what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is that um, he promised to come back. Uh, he didn't leave, he's, he doesn't just leave us here to our own devices. He's promised that he is going to return and that he has promised that uh, when he comes back, he's going to make things right. He's going to bring, uh, he's going to bring his justice and, uh, we can look forward to the, um, not just the coming, but the returning of Jesus Christ, uh, the new heavens and the new earth and the life that we have received when we've put our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ, um, that we can, we can expect and anticipate his return and his coming. Yeah, I think we still, we, we still need to be hopeful of his return. And where we're going to find hope is we're going to find hope in the word of God. Mm -hmm. We're still going to find hope in the promises because there are promises that still have yet to be fulfilled. And so uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 5, I want to look that up and, and just uh, point that out really quickly. 
uh, Romans 5, uh, verse 5, and just see what, what Paul wrote about hope. And he said that, um, uh, uh, and not only this, but we exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, perseverance, proven character, proven character, hope. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, who was given to us. There's, there's hope in through the Holy Spirit. There's hope in through the promises of, of God. And so mm -hmm. uh, Christmas can be a difficult time for individuals because um, we get around the table with saved uh, with unsaved mm -hmm. people, but we also uh, people experience loss. If they've yeah. experienced loss in their life, um, they might spend the holidays alone because their husband or their other spouses uh, passed away. Mm -hmm. So uh, we we still find our hope in Jesus Christ in the promises that have yet to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anything else that uh, you think, Derek, that we would want to add about where we're going to find our hope? Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to this Christmas season, um, and not just because of the gifts and the time that we can share with our family, but because it's, it's, um, it's a time of, of reminding as to what Christ did for us. Um, you know, he, he came as God just didn't send someone. He came himself in order to accomplish what he needed to accomplish. And we're going to look uh, next week at, at how um, the love of God compelled him uh, to send us a Savior. And, uh, and that's what we need to be putting our hope in, is in um, the, the finished work of the cross. Yeah, so we hope that you'll continue to join in with us over the next four weeks now, well, mm -hmm. four weeks left, and, and leading right into Christmas. And we want to... Uh, you to be a part of uh, what we're trying to accomplish here in, in unlocking the truth and just getting excited about Christmas mm -hmm. and, and not just be um, going through the sort of bah humbug yes. things of this world because I got to tell you, it is absolutely frustrating to go out and shop. It, the, you see the true light of everybody mm -hmm. who comes out in that time. But where is our hope? Our hope is not in the things that we purchase and the material things that we have uh, in the temporary, but our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our salvation is in Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. And so we need to be looking, looking for and hastening the coming of Jesus Christ. So thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next week as we talk about the love that ha God had for us to send a Savior. For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030.